Welcome into the In the Money podcast for Friday, April 15th at Keeneland. Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. Couple of stakes races, a grade uh, one, the Maker's Mark Mile and the TVG Limestone on the Friday card. They are part of the late pick four that we're going to take a look at. Jim, we'll start with the TVG Limestone, five and a half furlongs on the turf. Uh, I think three of these come from the Wesley Ward barn and He's always uh, loaded for turf sprinters. So, Jim, how do you see the TVG limestone? Well, I see it with Wesley Ward and a couple of other possibilities in here. Um, I was a little confused about the morning line. I, I, I think Coffee Maker has a bigger shot in here than her world. Her world was very impressive at Monmouth in a five furlong maiden break or a um, breaker. Ran her, ran her in a stakes race right off the bat. She won by six, but she's been out since August. Uh, I believe Coffee Maker scratching out opening weekend for this spot is uh, is a better bet at six to one. I, I, I think those may be reversed, uh, but I, I like Coffee Maker better. I'm not going to use Rusin uh, uh, Broker Maiden here at Keeneland um, last April. Went to Ascot and uh, got beat by three and a half, but I could be talked into using her as well. I think all three Wesleys are well intentioned here. But I have to use Dairy, Dairy Name for Clement coming out of the Breeders' uh, Juvenile Turf Sprint. Only got beat by a length uh, at five furlongs, and this is five and a half, and she came from dead last on the Del Mar Turf Course, so i got to believe that she could do the same thing on the Keeneland. Uh, five and a half sometimes looks like it's all speed, but it's not always here on this turf course. And then I'm also I'm going to throw a long shot in here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Gunboat for Sugar McGahee. Hung on the outside, but cutting back from seven and a half, uh, showed a lot of speed in her uh, turf races at Aqueduct and at Gulfstream. And uh, I just think that uh, Louie might sit off the pace here and have a good shot at running him down uh, on, from the outside post position. So he used two Wesleys, a Clement, and a Sigma Gahey to kick off the pick four. I started out with a Coffee Maker here, and I ended up going to Ruthen. And really the only reason, uh, well, there's two reasons, uh, the eight to one price is a little enticing for a Wesley Ward horse that showed flashed a lot of potential in that debut win at Keeneland, winning off as uh, easily as uh, she did. Uh, it's a Stone Street uh, the uh, connection, so uh, I think there's every reason to, to think that uh, this one could be ready to fire a big shot in her 2022 20, debut. And the numbers for Coffee Maker and Narianne. Um, didn't knock my socks off. They were very solid. They definitely got class edge on Ruthen, but um, they didn't blow me away with their numbers. So I'm going to take a shot with Ruthen here for the price mainly on top, but I'll use Coffee Maker and Darianne as well. Probably will throw in uh, her world on the pick four just because it, you know, it's another Wesley Ward. And uh, if you, you never know in this situation, these lightly raced horses which one might really be the, the one they're highest on. So I'll probably throw her in as well. But I took Ruthen over Coffee Maker and uh, Deary Ann for the limestone. The uh, Maker's Mark Miles are grade one, and it is really nice field, Jim. This is uh, going a mile on the Keeneland Turf Course. Should be ideal weather. They've had some rainy years they've had to deal with all too often. But these four-year-olds and up, they're going to get nice weather. A, uh, I don't know if it'll be a completely firm turf course. Might be because it's. I saw one of the quotes from the trainers opening weekend that said uh, 
I think maybe it was Graham Motion's assistant said it, the turf was more firm than they were expecting. So even though we uh, have more rain this week, hopefully uh, by uh, with some sunshine on Thursday, hopefully by Friday it could be firm. But uh, nevertheless, I ended up taking Ivar. Started to go for the Chad Brown uh, Mason, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I think there's a good bit of speed in, in here. And Ivar, if Ivar is the Ivar that we saw at the end of 2020, I think he can win this. Last year he was good, but didn't seem to be quite as good. And the fact that he's still you know, firing in these kinds of spots tells me that Paulo Lobo believes he can uh, get back to his best form. And I think with Joe Talamo riding with all the other bigger names that are in the, the jockey colony here, you'll get uh, every bit of the price on Ivar. And I think, uh, you know, he likes this turf course. I just am going to play a little bit of a hunch plus his, his form. He's got a bunch of 100 or better buyer figures. I think uh, Ivar could be very dangerous in here for Lobo. Uh, Mason is from the Chad Brown barn, a European invader. And Pratt had ridden count again to a stake win last time out in California and been on the horse the last two times. He takes off that horse to show up on Mason. So I thought that was noteworthy, along with the Chad Brown factor. Smooth like straight and count again, the two California invaders. Uh, you know, they're, you know, for count again, his, uh, his most recent race is certainly good enough. For smooth like straight, any one of those races from last year, I think five or six hundred plus buyers in a row for him. But really good speed, just shoving across country, coming off the layoff, and maybe hooking some other speed in here. Uh, I thought smooth like straight might be uh, vulnerable. Um, so I'm going to try Ivar on top in the maker's mark, but I could go even deeper in here. How about you? I went with Mason. Uh, Chad Brown with North America, the first time North America is 38%. Uh, this horse ran very well in Ireland. Uh, has won the last two races, uh, two stakes races over there, handicapped the stakes with a 116 time form. Time form. Um, Chad moves them up over here, and this horse should like. Uh, you, you talk about the turf course, and I would assume the turf course is a lot better than it was expected to be, given all the precipitation that we got last weekend with the snow and the hail and everything else. We we kept nine out of the ten on the turf, uh, nine out of the ten turf races on the turf. And the trainers were very impressed with the way the turf held up. So I think, but Mason probably is going to be as firm as those California horses have been running on. And so I think it fits a lot of ways here for uh, the shipper to, to win this race. Got to use Ivar, uh, one of my favorite horses that I gave out at 14 to 1 in Shedwell back in October 20. I, I remember all those horses I gave out at 14 to 1. Uh, in you love, should. <laughs> I should. <laughs> they come, they're few and far between. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, last year in love won it at 12 to one. So I, you know, most of the Lobo horses are live in here. Uh, you've got to use the two California horses, but I'm downgrading them because the California form has not held up here as well. And, uh, it's a completely different experience running on this turf course is what they've been running on. Uh, Ristley comes in to ride through like straight. He's going to be the favorite, but I'm going to play against him here. Take Mason on top. If I'm playing a try, I'm going to use Ivar in love, smooth like straight, and count again, probably back to all, because we've left out a lot of really good horses here. Uh, I mean, you know, you're grade two winner in public sector. You've got um, a grade two winner in set piece. 
You've got uh, some like it. Hot Brown has won over a million dollars. This is a loaded race. This is one of the better races I've seen at Keeneland in the last few years. So it's going to be a nice race on Friday. Could go five deep in the pick four, but um, Mason's my pick. Second leg of the pick four in between the two stakes is an allowance optional claimer for Phillies and Bears four and up. Seven furlongs on the main track. Uh, who'd you like? This is my single. Uh, I think a lot of things here point to Sugar McGahee and Bees and Honey. Uh, this horse has been out since November, where she ran in the Cumley at Aqueduct. Uh, only a six-horse field, but uh, be crazy beautiful. Um, uh, at a mile and eight, and um, that, to me, the 97 buyer just jumps out in this race. And I had to have some place for a single. Cutting back to seven furlongs, uh, that's, you know, that's not... Uh, an ideal distance for her after coming up a mile and eight, but she's certainly going to be uh, ready to get the distance. And the rest of the race was just, I couldn't find somebody to beat her, to be quite honest. I think 10 splendid news uh, coming out of Gulfstream, six and a half furlong race. It's an optional 25, which is not nearly as tough as this race is going to be. Uh, and that's for Wesley. And the horse jumped up from a 27 buyer to an 88 buyer. So, the 27 was off on synthetic that obviously she didn't like, but uh, ran the best race of her life on March 6th. I'm doubting that she puts those back-to-back. Uh, fraudulent charge with Johnny Velasquez for Lacey Gaudet. Uh, has a shot in here as well. Um, and uh, if Regal Retort draws into the race, that will change my mind because Regal Retort has a uh, has a good record at seven furlongs, has a 96 buyer in her pocket from a Churchill race last November on a sloppy track. So um, I, I could use some of those as well, but for the purposes of the pick four, I'm going to take a stand with Shug McGahee's Bees and Honey, the 10 horse. I took uh, Tiz Splendid News on top. You make a good point about the, the class jump, but uh, that last race was awfully impressive, and, and I think it's mainly for me it's um, the Wesley Ward angle too. Uh, I think he certainly fires for this beat. His older horses have seemed to run better than his younger ones so far. Um, Bees and Honey, uh, you know, come a grade three winner. That's that's a noteworthy edge in this group. Um, so I think it's probably one of those two. Zana Alarab for Chad Brown and Irad. Uh, don't know what happened in the Raven run, but otherwise uh, her form looked okay. Farsighted, just could, you could include just on the angle that uh, she likes this track. Um, but... I think it's one of the the other the top two that likely is the winner here. The tenth race is three year old Philly Maidens going six furlongs. Uh, I didn't have a strong opinion in here. I took a toll on top uh, for Mott and Judmont. If she draws in, probably won't uh, with nice weather. But if she does, I think you'd have to include her. If not her, then Super Christie. Uh, I put on top uh, Napa Candy. Uh, I thought Oma the Great could uh, fire first time out from that rail draw. Those are strong connections. Uh, Veronica Green, it's a debuter for Chad Brown. So, you know, there are a lot of intriguing prospects in there. Even the uh, the six, um, Regal Realm, uh, I thought was worth a look. Um, not a whole lot to go on on form, so you're really just kind of playing connections. Um, so I'm going to go deep in the pick four. Um, but no strong opinion in there. How about you? Um, I think um, I, I have a, don't have a strong opinion. I've got, uh, since I single that horse, I do have a little bit of money to play with here. Uh, Oma the Great for Sugma Gahey, first-time starter. 
I'm um, going to use Napa Candy for Vicki Oliver, who uh, pulled out for a big win here on Wednesday with a uh, uh, an inside speed horse. And this one looks like it's got the same type of speed. And Bayerano takes the mount, and he's uh, her go-to rider. So um, I'm going to use Regal Round that you mentioned for Jonathan Thomas. First-time starters, he's 30%. Don't get above your raisin. I love that name. Don't get above <laughs> your raisin. That, that's a, that sounds like a country song. Eddie Keneally for uh, Adam Bashissa. Um, horse had a great work here, a, a uh, minute flat five furlongs, fourth out of 44 on April the 8th. So uh, got her cranked for her debut, and Eddie's got a long string of works in this, this horse. She ought to be ready. And then I'm going to use the 12-horse thing outside, Chad Browning. Ortiz, you got to use that one. Don't like the 12 hole for a first time starter in six furlongs, but I'm going to throw that in there. So I'm going to go five deep in the pick four. So, what's your pick four ticket look like? All right, pick four is uh, two, three, six, ten in the the um, TBG Limestone. Singling the uh, Sumagahi horse, the 10 horse in the second leg, and then going five deep in the Maker's Mark with one, four, five, six, seven. With a slight edge, the Chad Brown shipper from Northern from um, Ireland, and then one four five six twelve in a wide open maiden special way at the end. So two three six ten with ten with one four five six seven with one four five six twelve for a fifty dollar ticket. For budgetary reasons, uh, to keep the ticket at a manageable level, I left out one of the Wesley Wards in the first leg. So I'm gonna go just three four and six. I'm gonna take seven and ten in the second leg in the makers four five six seven and then one two four six twelve fourteen in the last leg that's a 72 dollar ticket but probably the 14 will scratch which will not you knock it down to uh, 60 dollars um if i added her world on the front end of it it was just gonna get to be a little more than i wanted to to give out in terms of uh, a play so 72 dollar ticket that'll probably end up being 60 with a, a scratch in the last leg Best of luck with your plays on a nice Friday card headlined by the grade one makers, Mark Mile. We'll have uh, three more stakes races coming up on Saturday, and we'll be back next time for an analysis of those races on our next edition of the In the Money podcast for KeelanSelect.com.